to any of you who are are new with us this morning or guests with us this morning, uh, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to you. And um, I got a couple of couple of things I want to talk about before I get into my message this morning. And hey, glad the kids are in this morning. If they get a little loud and rowdy, that's fine with me. I had three. We we raised up three boys. We can take it. So um, anyway, uh, really glad you're here. Hey, this is very exciting. Who? Has, who graduated college yesterday? We had UC graduation, yeah? Cameron. Cameron. Cameron, stand up. Do we have anybody else? Who else do we have? Do, do we, do anybody else in here? Anybody, any others? All right, I'll tell you what, let's get hands on Cameron. We're going to pray for him right now because it's a exciting time moving into the next thing that God's got. Oh, praise the Lord. That's awesome. Father, I just ask right now in Jesus' name that you would bless Cameron, God, that you would show him exactly what you have for him and the next steps. God, I pray that he would feel your affection and your love and he would bring the identity of Christ and the kingdom into every place that he goes, God, everywhere he moves, every place that he goes into, new jobs, new adventures, new opportunities. God, I pray for that for him right now. And I pray that he would feel your power, Lord, that your spirit would fill him up. And God, that you would use those things that he learned in class to bring the glory of the Lord, and then as he gets more experience, that he would grow in wisdom and, and in depth of love for you and for people around him. God, I just bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, thank you guys for doing that. Thank you for gathering around him. Appreciate that. All right, we got some more fun stuff we're doing. This has been a good, fun morning, right? Who, who was out handing out bacon this morning? Awesome. Ooh, this is an exciting group over here. All right, they've had too much coffee and bacon. All right, so... No, you haven't. That's good. All right. So before we get into that, though, this is really fun. We have a, a young lady among us today who turned 99 yesterday. Dell. Yes. Woo. There we go. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Praise the Lord. And living a good life. Yeah. She's living a good life. You guys join with me. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dell. Happy birthday to you. Yes. Woo. That was wicked good. Nice. That was awesome. That was good, you guys. That was really good. All right. Now, let me uh, give you an opportunity, something that we've done here for over the last year and a half, what we call neighbor love. It's just opportunities for us to encourage one another with the ways we have shared our love for people and our love for Christ in our neighborhoods, at our work, whatever. And then possibly today, for some of you crazy ones who are out there giving out bacon, uh, does anybody have just a neighbor love story that they'd like to share? Just something that God's, yeah. All right, let's bring this. This is my friend Lewis. Stand up if you would and. So my name is Lewis. Uh, we have a neighbor, a young lady, uh, Tammy. I think Tammy's about 34 years old. And there's uh, three children who were in an abusive uh, home. And she opened up her home to bring them in. On top of her three children and two other kids that she just, she has an open heart for people. So there's probably maybe about eight people off and on living in her home. And we had a, we had a bunk bed set that... Um, that we needed to do something with. And so I made a 
a decision. I say, okay, we'll give you the bunk bed. I'll take it apart, but you have to take it over and have someone put it together. I took it apart. Her sons carried it to, to their house, and they got over there, and, and next thing I know, my doorbell rung. And they're like, Mr. Lewis, uh, what well, they call me, Papa. They said, Papa, we can't put it together. So then I had to go over and put the bed back together for them, which was fine. But it's such a blessing because before that, uh, these kids were, were sleeping two and three to a bed. So And, and so what has happened is, is that the relationship between Krista, myself, and this neighbor has really grown where she calls, her, calls me dad, calls Crystal mom, and constantly tells us how much she loves us. So it was just us opening our heart up, giving something away as opposed to selling it. And then the the benefit came from that, that that love came back uh, to us through her and the children that are in her home. That's awesome. Good word. Good word. Awesome. All right. We'll come over. I'll come, I'm coming your way. Just like those of you who are old enough, remember Phil Donahue? Wasn't that his name? All right. About a week ago, there was an accident. I don't know if any of you saw it. Uh, coming up the hill, 32, and uh, I thought it was wonderful. I just had to mention it about Sandy Turner here. Uh, thought maybe it was a truck that went off the road and rolled over on its top, and she is so loving with children, just worried that there was a child in that truck, had me pull over. She ran out and actually had to, it was underwater, so the gal that was in there could have died if she wouldn't have held her head up. But no kids, thankfully. But I just thought that was wonderful on her part, Uh, a loving heart for people, especially children. Jump in, that's good. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Or just some, maybe something happened this morning. Did somebody have something happen this morning at the bacon station? That would you just want to share? Saw some kids out there having fun for sure. Yeah. Here you go. This is more of a testimony um, just of how God, um, how much he loves us. And um, I was was listening to a sermon, kind of heard a word from my sister, and I called her. She's a very, very busy woman. And um, she, when she wants to rant, when she wants to rant, she calls me. So I'm, I'm her rant person. And it had just been placed on my spirit that the power of our spoken word and how important it is that we don't rant, we capture those thoughts, and we claim God's blessing in those crazy times. And so I was calling to share this with her, and she was kind of pushing back a little bit. Like, I only call you. It's not like I complain all the time, right? And, and as she starts saying this, she says, and besides, I was sitting in my meeting last week, and I was so busy, and I had so much going on, and God just kind of impressed on my spirit, remember, you want to be, um, oh, I know what it was. She, she had done like four times as much business as everybody else in the city because God was just blessing her first quarter. And, and she was feeling it, you know, and she was tired and she was weary. And God just gave her this picture because her daughter will be a senior this coming fall. And he said, I got you. He was taking care of her work now so she can rest later. 
And then he gave her that vision. And I just got so excited. I said, did you forget? And she's like, what? And I said, you were complaining. What are you complaining for? God's just told you you're going to be going from mountaintop to mountaintop and doing the work now and resting later. What a blessing. And God gave you that vision to hold on to all year while you're working. And I just, I wanted to remind you that if, um, if you're feeling that way, just to ask God to impress that upon your spirit because he can give you a vision of where he's taking you so you can have peace in the craziness now. So, Nice. That's good. I think that that's good. That preaches right there. We're done. Everybody go. We're out. All right. So, all right. Well, hey, I'm really glad that you're, again, that you're here with us today. And, hey, thanks for everybody who was out at the, out at the bacon station, and it's really fun. I, I told Rob that I'd seen, oh, there you are. I was going to, here, come on up just real quick. Uh, I'd seen, what well, was really fun. Actually, give a hand to Rob, would you? Because he's a big part of the, yeah, because he, he leads us out with the guys. But this was really fun. I was standing out there cheering the runners in, and this one runner was coming by and took a picture of our big sign that says bacon station. I, mean, I can imagine he's like, because by any smile, smiling at 16 miles. And, uh, anyway, he, but he, uh, but I'm thinking he's like telling his friends, like, see, I told you, man, they're giving out bacon out on the deal. But anyway, Rob's going to share something with us. Well, I want to, I want to thank, hey, Andy, do you mind opening that door right there? So. So, I mean, this, this wouldn't be possible if we didn't have a group of men that came here yesterday and spent about six and a half, seven hours cooking bacon. Uh, plus, we did have the Fike children. Uh, they were a game changer. They taught us old, old guys a new, new method. So you're never too old to learn, even at 40. Uh, but we had, we had uh, Barry Lemon, Brock Lush, Dave McMillan, Jamie Fike. Alistair and Sienna Fike, uh, Stephen Carpenter, and myself just cooking bacon. And we do this every year because we just have a good time with it. Uh, but then all the help on the course is just a huge blessing. And, and the pig people love us. Like, they, they bend over backwards. They deliver everything here to us because they like what we're doing as a church, and they like the message that we send, and so that's, that's a big deal. I did – want to mention one thing from a neighbor love perspective. Where did Josh go? Hey, Josh. This is my youngest. Hi, buddy. Say hi. Uh, but we, we did a men's event recently with New Mission, and we all went to a movie, and it was, it was really just a sweet time to have essentially a 50-50 split of African-American men and essentially white men going to the movie focused on manhood, focused on our role as men. And it's it's a big deal. And <clears throat> if it was a funeral, I wouldn't cry. That's weird. But it's just, as men, we do a lot of events and things like that. And I know that, that you know, sometimes it's not the, the most important thing. But men being in relationship with other men, so that we can challenge each other to lead our families, lead our kids, love our wives. 
<clears throat> and also as a church to bridge the racial divide. It's just It was a beautiful picture of what the church in heaven will look like. And our church is doing it. There's not a lot of churches out there doing what we're doing. And so I'm proud of the men. I'm proud of the women's ministry starting to do more with New Mission. It's just, it's a lot, a lot of good stuff going on. So I don't know. I'm going to stop crying. So. Thanks, bro. Nice. It's so good. Amen. Amen. The Lord's got his heart on you for men. That is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Lord, give him more. Lord, bless him with just even deeper love for you and for and for uh, discipling men. And thank you, God, that you are, Lord, that we're not tied into these, uh, I don't know, these stories that the news tells and all these things. But God, we have a redeeming God where we don't we stand under one King, where we have one Savior, where we stand as one church, despite color or or. You know, wherever we're from, God, we stand under that one banner of the king, the lion, and the lamb, the lion of Judah. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for doing that, Lord. Thank you, God. Well, I want to encourage you guys this morning. Um, that all these, I kind of let this go for a bit because what we were talking about this morning and what we did out here at the bacon station is exactly what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the great adventure of small acts of love. Joining in to the great adventure of small acts of love, little things that are done that bring tremendous kingdom value. We're going to look at, if you've got a Bible on you, or as I say with our youth, a real Bible or an electronic Bible, get in there to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to look at a really, really interesting story here. This is Jesus that's speaking. Matthew 25 verse 31. I'm going to give you just a second to get there. I think I'm coming out of the NIV here. I'm not sure. I've got it here in my notes. I don't, I just, I'm not sure. I think it's NIV. But anyway, let me read this story to you, and we'll work out of it a little bit. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. This is Christ. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Now watch this, guys. This is what I want you to see. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was This is Christ. This is the king of glory. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me in prison, and you came to visit. Then the righteous will answer him, those on the right, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, this is so good, guys. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, say it with me. You did for me. Let's just let that sit for a second. Is it possible this morning... As we encouraged a runner who's, if you see, have you seen some of the runners come by? They are, they look in bad pain. I mean, they're like running sideways and I mean, it's just, is it possible that as you do such a small thing as encourage someone on and give out bacon that you're actually doing this for Jesus? Isn't that, I mean, let's just grab hold of that for a second. 
when you when you take a when you take a bunk bed over that you could have gotten some money for, is it possible you took a bunk bed to Jesus? That's what I think this scripture is saying here. It's so amazing to begin to get hold of. And then he goes to the other side and he says, those of you who don't do that aren't my disciples. And so I don't, I don't know you. It's kind of coming back to that deal again, isn't it? Kind of a, see, when we do that, when we walk with Christ, these are the kinds of things that kingdom people do. That's really the twist of it. We're not earning our way with God. Don't get wrong with this. We're not earning our way by our good works. These are the things that kingdom people do. Does that make sense when we see it from that standpoint? Listen, I don't want to be unashamed about, ashamed about this at all. Number one, God recognizes and rewards small acts of love. That's what this is teaching clearly. He recognizes, he sees it. Jesus sees, he said, when you did this tiny thing, when you came to visit that prisoner, you came to visit me. He sees it and he rewards it. That's part of what he's saying is these are my right. You come into my father's kingdom. I'm not ashamed about that. This is Jesus' words, not mine. Right? So he recognizes and rewards these small acts of love. Remember in Luke 16, I'm just going to say it to you real quick. You don't need to go there. Luke 16, 10, Jesus says this. He says, if you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the larger ones. Right? You've heard that before. But dishonorable in little things, you'll be dishonorable in big things. So I think there's a clear thing that he's saying there is, hey, those little tiny things that you begin to work in. God may give you just the smallest little thought about something. And if we'll honor him in it, we don't know what might happen in it. And it's saying clearly here, I'll give you more in Luke 16. If you'll be obedient in these small things, I'll begin to give you more. All right? So, number one, God recognizes and rewards small acts of love. Now, now, I want you to get this. Number two, I'm in this, uh, number two, the atmosphere changes with small acts of love. The whole atmosphere begins to change with small acts of love. I'm going to take you back very, very quickly and tell you the story of God. Okay? In Genesis, remember what happens. After he's created everything, then he makes this couple in his image. And what's his command to the couple? Can any of you good Bible scholars tell me what he commands them to do? Be fruitful and multiply. Continue that. Does anybody know what comes after that? No. no. <laughs> it's, don't do that, though. Dang it. Why'd you do that? So fill the earth. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Subdue the earth. Let me explain something to you. It says the earth was formless, without void. He actually set this place in the earth, this place we call, you know, the Garden of Eden. And his expectation was that this one family would multiply out, bringing, guess what? The kingdom of God throughout the earth. His idea was they would continue to multiply and spread. And, and I wish I had um, just like a some kind of a video or picture I could show you. But I think the idea is just that it starts here and then it just goes out over the entire globe. The kingdom of God. That was his original plan. Did you know that? That his kingdom would expand over the entire earth. Guess what? I got news for you guys. Because of the fruit and the failure, will God still get his way? Yes. See, that's the key. God God didn't all of a sudden begin to wring his hand. Oh, no. 
Oh, no, Adam and Eve, they ate from the fruit. And, oh, I'm in tr- I don't know what I'm going to do now. I don't know how we'll expand my love throughout the earth now. He's not surprised. And guess what? Guess who he's getting to use to continue on that kingdom? I'm looking at you. <laughs> You're looking at me. Thank you. Right. I'm looking at you right now. When you walk into your work tomorrow morning, you change the atmosphere because Christ is in you. For those of you who are in Christ. See, for those of you who have taken on the family of being part of the family of God, you've said yes to God. God, I trust you with my life. I know I'm broken. I know I'm part of this Adam thing, this brokenness that was supposed to go throughout the earth bringing the kingdom. But... I'm broken, and I'm not a part of that. But then those of you who've come into it, and you've said yes to Jesus, and you've you've trusted him on the cross, and trusted his resurrection, and been baptized, and come into that family, all of a sudden you are part of that plan again. And everywhere you go, the atmosphere changes. I contend that on the corner of Murray and Plainville, the atmosphere changed this morning. This is why we say, this is why I, I really want to be good and wise with my words here. I don't like calling this room the sanctuary. I'm sorry for those of you who are older who like that. I don't like it. Because there is no sanctuary in the New Testament except what? Us. Why? What is the sanctuary? It's where the very presence of God comes in and manifests his presence and gets his way. See, I keep seeing kingdom of God. We don't understand that in America because we've never actually sat under a king. But when I'm saying kingdom of God, it's very simply where he gets his will, where he gets his way. You see? And so now, all of a sudden, there is no other place that God sits in like he now he showed that to us in the old testament we understand that from from Moses for some bizarre reason and somehow as God was making a people he allowed himself to like be in a box for them and he allowed himself to move with them very specifically as he was building a people but now there's only one sanctuary he has and that's us so everywhere we go bringing these small acts of kindness these small acts of love the atmosphere changes. Okay, number one, God recognizes and rewards small acts of love. Number two, the atmosphere changes with small acts of love. I want to share a story with you real quickly. I don't know if you guys know this, but Julie and I were part of a church plant where I was the lead pastor called Jacob's Well Vineyard Church. And what was kind of cool was we didn't know that later on we'd be here, but Madisonville was the main area where we wanted to serve in terms of serving the poor and so on, and we would go down on the corner of Wetzel and Madison. I don't know if you guys know that corner down there. You you guys are from Madisonville, might. But um, there's a there's kind of a clinic there, a free clinic there, and a dollar store and whatever. And we thought it'd be fun and a good idea to go do a thing called free prayer and free coffee. And so we would set up a table on the corner out there in the morning, and that's what the sign said: free Starbucks coffee, free prayer. And so we had amazing opportunities to to pray for people and love people and see the kingdom of God come in that way. But one day after we'd been doing this for a few times, I look across the street and I see this tree, that this big pine tree that looks like a Christmas tree. And I thought to myself, that looks like a Christmas tree. That looks really cool. So I thought, 
wouldn't it be neat if Jacob's Well Vineyard, if we figured out who owns this land? And by the way, at that point, this is now, gosh, 14 years ago, 13 years ago. At that point, that land looked really nasty. I mean, just a lot of trash on it. It was the, there was nasty painting on, you know, painting on the wall of the building that was there. It was kind of a condemned building, I think. And anyway, it was kind of nasty, but we said, Hey, let's figure out who owns this. And I can't honestly to this day, I don't remember who, who it was or whatever, but we got permission to, to decorate it as a Christmas tree. And so we did. And I don't remember if it was the first year or the second year, but then we decided on Christmas Eve. Now remember, Kingdom people bring the atmosphere of God where they're at, right? So on Christmas Eve, we decided to have a Christmas Eve service around that tree. And we're out there playing and cars are going by. We're worshiping together. We're just, it was just, it was awesome. It was really, really fun. My kids will still sometimes talk about that if I, if I remind them about it. And, um, it was really neat. And so we didn't think anything of it. It's, it was no, I mean, we didn't think anything of it. We just thought it was cool, whatever. Well, after, a, a few years at, at, with Jacob's Well Vineyard, we ended up coming on staff here, and I hadn't thought anything of it. Well, a c- couple of years ago, we go driving by at Christmas time, going driving by that corner. Guess what? That tree had it was decorated. I don't know if the city did. I don't know who did it, but it was, and, it's, and it had been decorated. And then I was telling, I was, I was talking to my mom about this a few months ago, on the phone, and. And I realized that the Holy Spirit told me something, reminded me of something. He'd reminded me about how we had done that. And now on that corner, and I don't, I, I don't know all the, everything around it, but I, I assume or I hope it's a good thing. But now on that same corner, they're actually building like a, like a space that's supposed to be a space for living and retail and everything else. But let me, let me share this with you real quick. That was really funny. About the third, second or third time we're out there, a guy who came up and got prayer from us, he said, he, he said, he kind of quietly said, you know, they stopped selling when you guys are out here, right? I'm like, what? he said, yeah, they, with all the drug, best drugs are sold here on this corner, but they just stop selling when you're out here and wait till you guys leave. Yeah, right? Just a small little thing. But right now, that's actually going to become like a premier sort of a space, I think, in Madisonville, that very corner. And then I'm that is amazing. What, God, what are, you, what are you up to, God? What will you do with decorating a Christmas tree? What will you do with a, you know, coffee and prayer? Right? So, number three, God multiplies small acts of love. And we know that. God multiplies small acts of love. Uh, if you would go with me to John 6, John chapter 6, in your Bibles, that's fourth gospel in there. Gospel means what, you Bible scholars? Good news. Did you know what we're talking about here in church is good news? That's the good news. We're being redeemed. John chapter 6, verse 1. Let me go ahead and start reading that. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him, turning to Philip. I love this story. He turns to Philip, one of his disciples, and he asks him, Hey, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? (laughs) He's testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Don't you love that? Jesus is so tricky. (laughs) He says, 
hey, Chris, where can we get food to feed these 5,000 people? Right? And that was just, it said 5,000 men as we continue on. He said, Philip, Philip's not an idiot. He replies, man, if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed all these people. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Now, I don't know how this went down. I, see, I, I have a, I, I have a deep imagination. So I'm like, did they just come over and like snatch the lunch from this kid? Or, or, or is the kid close by and he's listening in? He's like, hey, mister, you know, I have, you know, some fish and bread, you know, whatever. here's my lunch, you know, here's my peanut butter sandwich. I mean, I don't know how this all goes down, but, and, and I don't know what in the world Simon Peter's even thinking. I'm going, seriously, what is he thinking? Mer- Meryl's got a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I'm going to feed all you guys. So, but something was stirring in Simon Peter, and he says, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But then he says, what good is that with this huge, well, why'd you bring it up? Right? Why'd you bring it up? And then Jesus says, well, tell everybody to sit down. So they sat down on the slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. You ever seen that? We always say feeding of the 5,000. Well, that's kids and women. And I mean, is that 10,000, 15,000, 20,000? We don't know. So he takes the loaf, gave thanks to God, distributes to people. After he did the same with the fish, they all ate as much as they wanted. Everybody got full. And then he says, now gather up the leftovers so nothing's wasted. So they pick up 12 baskets left of scraps. Do you think God multiplied this? Do you think God can multiply your thing? Can God multiply the bacon station? Could God multiply just the, Judy does a funny thing at her work. She, she tells her, she tells her, her coworkers, Hey, I'm trying to memorize scripture. Can you see how I'm doing? And <laughs> hands them, that's sneaky. I like that. Hands them a verse. Here, check and see how I'm doing. You know? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Here, try this one on. Yeah, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. (laughs) Does that include you as well? Anyway, (laughs) so anyway, try this one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Is that Jesus saying that? Remind me, what's it say there? So anyway, but God can take these things and he's going to multiply these Acts of love out. He's going to multiply that out, Lewis. That's what you said, right? We don't know that, you know, we don't know that, that one of these kids is the next Tony Evans. Do you ever think about that? <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's not too far beyond God's scope. Right. Can anybody name the guy that led Billy Graham to Christ? I have no idea. I've given this sermon three times and said his name. But I still don't know who it is. Tell me. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, good. Deal Moody. Wow. Wow. Dang it. See, God will take shoes and multiply it into hundreds of thousands of souls. <laughs> Woo! What's he gonna do with what's he gonna do with that bunk bed? Woo! <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. Alright. <laughs> Alright, well I'll tell you what, I'm gonna I'm going to share one here where we've been really blessed and seen God multiply out by just a small act of kindness. 
We, uh, I just heard this story the other day because I had forgotten about it. But a few years ago, we had taken our youth and some of you adults went with us as well to go serve at Bright Star, which is a ministry down in Cincinnati. And we went to go serve there at Bright Star. And one of the teachers who was teaching down there every day was a lady named Naj. <laughs> and we, and we were chatting with her. I remember I was sitting on a bench with her outside and we were chatting and I found out from her that she lived in Madisonville and she wasn't going to church anywhere. And she kind of had just, she was kind of burnt out on church and she was tired of religion. And we had a nice conversation around that. And, and I can understand that sometimes. And so we talked about that and we did something kind of silly and just a small act of kindness. We, we, we adopted her into MCC. And what we did was we gave her one of these shirts. I think this was our outreach shirt then. And we got her one on the Friday. It was the last day of the camp. And we brought her up front and we made her an honorary member of MCC. And we, I forget, you know, we just made a big deal out of it and gave her the shirt and a couple of other things. And she was just sharing that story with someone the other day and it reminded me of it. And you guys, I just want to move down through just a couple of, a couple of things with her. Not only has she, she blessed us, but she has impacted and brought her grandkids here. They've been in our youth. She's helped one of our students, uh, one of her students come into the kingdom here. She baptized and was part of her sister being baptized recently. And she's just added tremendous life to this body of believers, hasn't she? Those, those who know Naj. I wish she was here today. I just want to honor her. But, but what was the small act? It was just, Hey, here's a t-shirt. Come be a part of our family. And oh my goodness, we just get it multiplied to us and then down through her family. And as she grows, I'm going to share one last story with you. And I'm going to be done. Let me go back through real quick. God, number one, God recognizes and rewards small acts of love Two, the atmosphere changes with small acts of love. When we're kingdom people, three, God multiplies small acts of love. This is one of my favorite stories. There's a guy by the name of John Wimber that was part of starting the whole Vineyard Church movements out in Orange County, California. And at the time, before he was a believer, before he came into the kingdom, just what I was talking about a minute ago, before he trusted Christ for his salvation, he was a world-class musician, played in Los Angeles and in Las Vegas consistently every night. Uh, he was a producer and started a band called the Righteous Brothers. He uh, had gone on tour a number of times and and so on. And and uh, some a couple that was another musician had be, who was good friends with him had become followers of Jesus and began to share with him about that. Well, he, they wanted to bring him to this small group, and this small group there the guy who led it at his house was a guy named Gunner Payne, and he was a blue collar guy that that had a uh, a welding business and but he loved the word and he loved people and they knew there was something special about John. Well, this is what that group did that was really interesting is John played on some of the better bands, which means you played Tuesday through Saturday and you got Sunday and Monday off. Well, this small group, I believe, met on Wednesday nights. And so John said, well, I want to come to your small group and learn about the Bible. He loved the word. He was just so into it, but he wasn't following Jesus yet. He just liked Jesus. If you actually go read the gospels, Jesus is pretty awesome. And so John was catching hold of that. And he said, well, I can't come because I play on Wednesday nights. Well, you know what that small group did? They came together and they said, we're going to start meeting on Monday nights. 
for one person. Our whole group's going to change and meet on Monday night so John can make it. Small act of love. I know this is a true story. After John began to come there, he was so mesmerized by Jesus and he kept and it's and they said in this story Carol his wife shared this story that he would keep Gunner awake till two in the morning asking him questions and Gunner would say to him man he's so hungry he's so hungry John's like no I've already eaten I'm fine but what about this thing with Jesus you know he was just hungry to know more and he'd keep him awake till two in the morning well if you know welders I mean he's up he's at work at 6 a.m. so that's the kind of sacrifice this guy's putting into it for John he still has not come to Christ yet, and one of his bands was supposed to open for a little-known band called the Beatles. And he said to the producer who was putting them into that position, he said to them, will we be playing on Monday nights? He said, well, of course, we're going to be out. It was like a two-week or three-week stint. He's like, nah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to miss my small group. So don't give me excuses, small group members in my small group. Do not give me. No. That's the truth. That's the true story. All right. Now, that that small group did that, and he did end up coming to Christ in that small group. I want to do this just for one second. Christ multiplies small acts of love. Who in this room has been affected by the Vineyard Church movement in any way? Stand up. Just stand up. I just want to see. This started in Orange County, California, with a small group. That you, you, do you know that there's thousands of vineyard churches across the earth? In the UK, it's rocking and rolling. It's going crazy. Every little thing that you'll do in obedience, God will multiply. You do not know who those children are going to become. You do not know what God's going to do if we'll be obedient to him. I think there's two ways to respond to this adventure. If you've never come into the kingdom, like when I keep talking about God being our father, Jesus being the one who set us free and saved us, the spirit filling us, then you may want to come into this adventure, come into this kingdom. This is the good news. This is a good place. We, all of us, I kind of joke about that, that verse from Judy of saying, you know, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, we have, right? Am I right? All of us have fallen short of God's glory. But we're made right. We sang about this morning, the lion and the lamb. He's the lamb of God who, it says, John the Baptist, his cousin says of him, there he goes, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If we're not trusting Christ for that salvation, there is no other salvation. Jesus himself says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Not through Hinduism, not through Buddha, not through Joseph Smith, not through any other thing, not through being a kind person, not through New Age movement. And you still have to deal with, as theologians have for years and years and years, you have to decide, is Jesus a nut job? Or is Jesus just trying to deceive people, as happens in cults? Or is Jesus who he says he is? And the resurrection is the answer to that, as is his life lived out. So if you've never come into Christ, I would say to you, today is the day. And it's simple. It's saying, God, I trust you with my life. I believe, Jesus, what you did on the cross. 
in your death and in your resurrection. You can't understand it fully. I'm still trying to, I've been a Christian for 40 years following Christ and or more, probably more. And I still am just get, beginning to get there, you know, cause he, why? Cause he's infinite and he's awesome and he's beautiful. I'm just beginning to get there. So when I say that, I'm not expecting you to know everything, but I'm just telling you today's a good day to come into that. Um, have I got prayer teams today? I'm sorry for asking that. I'm not sure. We've been a little bit off. Yeah, could you guys jump up for me? That would be awesome. Thank you very much. If you want to decide to follow Christ today, these guys could probably take a little more time and explain it better than I'm explaining it to you. But if you say, yeah, I want to come into this adventure with God, I'm kind of sick of myself. That's where you have to get, by the way. I just need to let you know you got to get to that place where you're tired of yourself and how things have gone so far. And that's a good question to ask yourself. If you're, if you're not following God, you are your own God. You understand that? You've already made, it's what we do. It's how it's been for civilizations. You've already made yourself your own God. And I'm just want you to ask, how's that going? Is that going well for you? And if it's not, then today maybe is the day of salvation. I'm going to say this to you as well. Those of you who have been in the kingdom, you've been following Christ, but you've kind of checked out a little bit. I'll be honest with you. I've had times of checking out myself here and there. You understand what I'm saying? Not, not at me, if you know what I'm saying. If you've checked out a little bit sometimes, and maybe you're in that spot of checked out right now, check back in. That's the beauty of that prodigal son story. Maybe you haven't gone off to do all crazy things. Maybe you've just kind of lost your first love. Remember, Jesus challenges that one time. We see that in Revelation. He challenges a whole church that kind of lost its love. And it was actually a pretty good church. You look at it, he said, hey, you guys are doing this thing well and that thing well, but you've kind of lost your first love. You know, and maybe maybe you don't look too different than the people who aren't following Christ at your work. <laughs> maybe you want to come into a place where you look different than they do, you know. And today I just invite you and I say that his mercy is great. His mercy endures forever. And he would love to love to work with you and start having a good time with you again. And let you be part of this adventure. So I just want to encourage you. It says... In the word that the Father is always at work. That's why in our small group, we tend to always ask, what have you seen God doing this week? What has happened? Because the Father's always at work. So I just want to invite you to come back to work. Okay? Those of you who've been on vacation for a little too long, come on back to work. All right? It's good. It's a good adventure as we've heard from these stories today. Right? Thank you, God. And maybe you've got something else. If you're If you're sick in spirit, if you're... You have some, some physical stuff going on. I just encourage you to get prayer from these teams as well. Maybe God's got healing for you today. Uh, like I say, for emotional, for physical, whatever it might be. All right, let me just invite him. God, we invite your presence right now. Continue to move among us. Father, if there's anyone here who's never called you Lord, who's never received Christ into their life, God, would you do that right now? Would you just draw them into your love? God, would you reveal how much you love them? Would you reveal the Father's love? And God, for those of us at times who have checked out, Lord, could we check back in? Or would you give us the unction, God, the encouragement to check back in? In fact, I just bless you with a refilling of his spirit. It's not you pulling up your bootstraps, but it's the very spirit of God filling you and encouraging you and giving you strength and and endurance. As we look at this race today, we know that's what it says, that 
our walk with God is like. It's like a marathon. It's a long race. So I want to encourage you runners right now. I mean, I want to encourage you spiritual runners. <laughs> run. Continue to run. And even if you're crawling on your knees, continue to crawl. I encourage you right now. God, would you bring encouragement to your sons and daughters? Would you bring encouragement to your sons and daughters right now? Give them that endurance that they'd see the prize that Christ himself, the person of Christ is the prize. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if there's any, God, that just need physical healing or emotional healing this morning, or would you touch them? Would you bring your peace? Bring peace to their body. Bring peace to their spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If God's dealing with you, then just kind of remain in the mode that you're in. That's great. For those of you, if, if he's, you know, he's not doing that right now, if you look up at me, I got a word this morning from one of our worship team members that she saw a picture of someone who, like how you would put your, as a father, like how I'd put my hands around my child's face to get their attention. And what she saw was that possibly the person who I'm talking about now, possibly, is seeing God like, like mean, like doing that. And what I, I, I feel like what God is saying is that, no, he's a loving God. He's not like our earthly fathers. And he's holding your face up. We actually had a testimony of that two weeks ago with one of my friends, another person on the worship team who physically felt the Lord lift his head and lift it up. And so if that's you, if, if you're, if you need to know that the Father loves you in that way, like he's touching you gently and he's looking in your face and he's telling you, child, son, daughter, I love you. If that's you, I think God's speaking to you this morning and he's telling you that's his love for you. Maybe you want to get prayer over that and just, you know, maybe there's some healing that needs to happen there from a earthly father situation. But I want to bless you with that. That's exactly what the Father says. Have you read the prodigal story for real? Read that story. It'll blow you away. It's about a father who waits day, morning and night out on his porch to see his lost son. <laughs> it's the kind of father that Rob was talking about that we're trying to become, those kind of fathers that are patient and loving and kind and giving strength to our children. And the Father says to you today as he puts his hands in your face, right around your face, he says, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. You're my precious child. Maybe for somebody, welcome into the family. <laughs> Come and be a part of what we're doing here. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. All right. If you need prayer for stuff or you just want to continue the mode you're in, that's fine. Um, let's go ahead and close out with a worship song here.